0: hello and welcome dad's providing the uh little bit of beatboxing it is in the house sports with j and j saturday july 25th 2020 hope you're having an awesome day we got a lot of different sports back on tv that we're going to discuss in just a sec um hope you're having an awesome awesome Saturday so far again episode 14th, the last one of July and um, we have tons of stuff to talk about now that you know
1: so much sports are back on TV so dad let's get right back and and get it started okay well let's start off with the Buffalo Blue Jays Uh, they started yeah yesterday Major League Baseball started two days ago and if
0: you're if you're wondering sorry if you're wondering why we're calling you we're calling them the Buffalo Blue Jays we might be calling this for the entire MLB 2020 season. Dad, why are they called the Buffalo Blue that's Jays? right.
1: Toronto could not find a home. Canada could not take them. Baltimore could not take them. Pittsburgh could not take them. And so their farm team, the AAA, uh, the Buffalo Bisons, their home stadium has accepted the Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays will be playing their home games in Buffalo. So for this point forward, they will now be known for this season as the Buffalo Blue Jays. I and think I think just in in our show. They're still called right. the oh, Toronto yeah, of Blue Jays. But for in into house sports, we're going to be calling the Buffalo Blue Jays, and they started off yesterday with a 6-4 win over the Tampa Bay Rays, a big-time nemesis. They can never beat Tampa Bay, but they'd figure out a way to win. Yesterday, Cavin Biggio, a nice three-run homer. He is a name that is not talked about as much as Bichette or Guerrero, but Kevin Biggio, uh, I think he's going to have a great season. It's going to be a short season, as we know, but kudos to him. So way to go Toronto to start off. They're playing this matinee this afternoon, so we will be following uh, Major League Baseball yeah. Now that it's back on and, and, um, and cheering for Buffalo.
0: One thing that has really stuck out to me for the season so far are the MLB cutout fans that they have. So some stadiums they have. I know I think uh, for the the Mets and for sure the Dodgers. And no, I'm not sure about the Mets. Actually, I think it's the Boston. Um, Boston Red Sox and the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, they have like cutout fans. So uh, I think team fans maybe submit their picture. And I don't know how it works, but they have all these cutout fans behind the plate. Uh, it's hilarious. It's it, it's awesome. It, it, like it looks like there's people in the seats. Uh, nonetheless, something that something else that I like about what they're doing is the um, is the crowd noise that they're playing. So the, the like one, I think the official MLB video game, MLB the show, um, with the game that they play, they record sound of the of the uh, of the crowd to put in the video games, and they're like pumping that in this in the stadium. So I was watching a game today, uh, the Cubs versus the Brewers. Just a little bit of that. And they had like crowd noise when um, a a player, you know, when the pitcher threw back to first base, and it was an away game. It was or it was a home game for the Cubs, so they had like they they had to have somebody right on the ball playing the appropriate noises. So they were they played some boos, they played you know cheers when somebody didn't go for a ball, and uh, yeah. and they took a walk. Like it, it's really it's really innovative, and it really probably uh, is good for you know the players' heads and just sure, keeping sure them right that. in it, like it's a real game almost like
1: another example is when a uh when you had a two strike on a batter you know the crowd usually stands up and claps to for the pitcher to get the third strike and strike him out so i heard some sounds uh yesterday during the blue jays game with uh with a two strike count some uh, uh noise being pumped into try to get that third strike so but it yeah. must be it must
0: be a lot of work and uh it's going to be different like i wonder if like nba games are going to be shorter this year or not shorter but you know there's not going to be any crowd entertainment there's not going to be like you won't you know, there's TV. There'll be TV timeouts, but there's not going to be crowd in crowd entertainment because there's nobody really to entertain. There's no like you know video montages or or you know things to rile up the. But maybe there will be, but it's just going to be a lot different. Um, I think you know music will be playing uh, today. In fact, the WNBA, I think they got started today. Sabrina Ionescu of the New York Liberty took on Brianna Stewart of the Seattle Storm today. Uh, Sabrina UNESCO could be the greatest. Uh, WNBA player of all time. Uh, So she was making her debut today. Um, But one thing that really surprised me about the NBA, and they've had scrimmages, of course, it's going to be starting in six days, we cannot wait, is that it is so weird to see like right on the baseline, nobody there, like no fans, no nothing. It's just the basketball court, you can see the people sitting on the side, like it's a soccer game, like they're like this, the players on the bench, but it's three it's, rows
1: worth of it is so coaches and extra different. players. It yeah. is
0: so different, so spread out. Um, but you know, once you zoom in onto the court, it's it's the same basketball, the same greatness. Um,
1: It'll be interesting in comparison baseball, basketball, football, just watching on TV, where you, and hockey, where you miss the fans. I think basketball, you'll notice it the most. So far, baseball barely noticed. It. It's only two days in, but you don't really notice. But the, the fans. but
0: the crowd, the crowd noise definitely. Yeah. Um, it'll hype up. It'll you know plays with an effect to hype up the players. But the crowd noises, you know, if somebody you know LeBron James going in for the dunk or Giannis signing a Kumpo poster, there could be some crowd effects as well. Um, that that uh, I don't know who what job that is. It's definitely an interesting job, but somebody will be in charge of that, and uh, it will be different. But um, Sure. So we'll it'll see. be so it'll be so interesting to see how this all unfolds.
1: Um, I just want to go back to baseball here for uh for a moment. Uh, Mike Soroka of the Atlanta Braves, uh, Calgary-born Mike Soroka. So we definitely follow Mike. Uh, we're gonna follow Mike Soroka. He, um, an All-Star uh, runner for the National League Rookie of the Year honors back in two thousand nineteen, um, and he was the uh, opening day pitcher for the Ant- for the Atlanta Braves. He is the youngest. Atlanta Brave pitcher to ever start a season, and uh, according to the uh, the Calgary Herald and Sportsnet stats, Soroka is just the seventh Canadian to be tabbed for an opening day start on me in the on the big um, uh, baseball stage. So, others, uh, perhaps some of our our listeners uh, today, or uh, recognize some of these other names: uh, Phil Marchalot and Oscar Judd, Dick Fowler, Fergie, Jen- uh, Fergie uh, Jenkins. Many of you have heard of him. Ryan Dempster. Uh, and Eric Bedard. Those are some more uh, recent uh, pitchers. Those last two names. So big, uh, big uh, moment for for Calgary-born Mike Soroka. He did end up uh, pitching six innings, three strikeouts, did not give up a run. Uh, they did give up uh, a run the next inning to Jonas uh, Cespedes, hitting his first home run since 2018 for the New York Mets, and they ended up losing that game one to nothing. So Mike Soroka' name will be following throughout the uh, next uh, 60 games sh- of baseball. Shout out to
0: uh, everybody! at, Bishop Carroll cuz that is the school I pass it every day on my way uh to university uh at Mount Royal so um he goes there or he went there which is super cool like you know so close and we all know about Bishop Carroll um if you're from Calgary at least um and then shout out as well to uh, our first two people who sent us tweets we got uh, Sage and we got Atlanta Morton thank you so much for the tweets Um, hopefully more, more, uh, keep coming in our way. Uh, we're going to get to our next topic really quickly. Um, if you did not see the end of last week's tournament, the Memorial, um, John, uh, Tiger Woods, first of all, he made the cut right on the number. I think I said that last week, uh, didn't win. Of course he didn't win. Uh, but the guy that did win was John Rom. And with the win, he goes to first in the world rankings, becoming the first player from Spain to be first in the official world golf ranking since Severiano Ballesteros. So, but the thing is, is that the way John Rahm got there is not, is very, gonna is very interesting. And um, it's definitely going to get overlooked because of the result. But what I'm talking about is on the 16th hole, John Rahm was sitting at 11 under with Ryan Palmer. He was four stra- strokes back at him at seven under. So he hit his shot just off the green at a par three. So there wasn't much green to work with. And he had to deal with, um, I think he or no, I think he was at sorry, he was at, I think 10 under something like that. Anyway, so he hit he hit a shot just off the green at a par five, or about a par three, didn't have a lot of green to work with and played a flop shot. But what happened was they zoomed in on the club, putting it near the ball. And what happens in those lives is that you know the club goes right next to the ball. It's in the heavy rough, and the ball, the ball moved like barely anywhere. But in golf. According to rule 9.4, the official golf rules or, yeah, of the RNA or USGA official golf rules. Basically, Slugger White, who does the rules on the PJ Tour, said if the ball moves and it isn't returned, it would be a penalty. The ball moved. But the thing is, is that, that the ball and everybody, is that the ball moved. um, And John Rahm had no idea. But since the cameras are following him in the final group, and he's the final group, and they zoom in on him. And the ball, because it's the final group. Like no, uh, nobody else in, would get this coverage unless they're the final group. He got the penalty, and they caught it, I think, on the TV cameras. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a penalty. Uh, John Rahm, anyway, he won by, he won, I think, by he won by three. He finished at nine under, three up, over Ryan Palmer. But what would have the result been if he would have lost yeah. by one? It would have been like, su- and John Rahm again had no idea. And I think like it, it was easier for the PGA Tour because. He had the three-stroke lead, and he comfort- yeah. comfortably, comfortably won. But the thing is that it gets overshadowed by this dumb rule. Well, that's not maybe not dumb rule. Sorry, maybe not dumb. But this rule that in, in all sense in golf makes such a little difference. And, uh, you know, it brings me back to Lexi Thompson when she got a four-stroke penalty for signing an incorrect scorecard, two for that, and then replacing a ball, like a millimeter of where the ball marker was on the green. And then Dustin Johnson putting his club in an unmarked sand uh, bunker Back in I think 2010 at Whistling yeah. Straight to the PJ Championship, costing him a chance at his what would have been his first major. So, Dad, what do you think about this? Um, do you think great, good rule, you know, people like
1: rules, or do you think maybe cut down on this? The ball barely moved. I think you gotta cut down. I think there's different circumstances uh he didn't even know it's worth googling his expression when he found out after oh, the round sure. he was being congratulated and they said oh by the way this and like he was just dumbfounded had no idea uh again like you said jacob that if he would have lost the tournament because of this i mean he had such a huge lead it didn't matter but i think for, you know if there's any rule okay maybe one stroke right? and and not two strokes i think one stroke at the most and and with with some exceptions like you said if they didn't zero in with the microscopic camera you wouldn't have even known, it. it didn't have enough in effect on the. On, and the shot the, was yeah. incredible. Like if you look, he ended up, up draining it. Yeah, he ended up. Yeah, he he ended up making
0: the shot. So the thing is, is that hypothetically, imagine this dad. He misses the shot. The ball. He two puts then, and he makes a bogey. Then he would have made triple bogey and won by just one. So that's something to be said for that as well. And that's something that just that coming to me now. Imagine if he would have missed the shot. Of course, the shot was crazy. He said it was his best short game shot, I think, of his life or of his career. So, something you need to cut down. I understand penalties for losing a ball or putting your ball in the water or that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's it's tricky. You know, I've seen it people play and I've talked about it with people. The ball moves, the ball moves an inch. Okay, he didn't, you know, you know, really alter the lie on purpose. So we yeah. just that's yeah. it's something to be said. Um, you know, I'm all about improving the game for, you know, fans and and everybody and making it more fun to watch and, you know, golf especially for playing. That's something that needs to be yeah. said but anyway John Rom, congrats on getting a numero uh to to number one to I was going to say numero uno I don't know yeah. just numero uno en la mun, mundial I think that's world in world in Spanish
1: it's very close the uh, top players in golf and I think that John Rom is at number one how long will he actually stay number one well, I guess we'll find out but it won't be very long No it
0: was en, numero uno en el mundo yes okay. that's my spanish thanks
1: for uh that's my
0: spanish coming back to me from now Google Translate, but from grade seven or grade nine. Anyway, I'm way off topic. Dad, go
1: ahead. Now these these teams, the Edmonton EEs, the Washington football team, the Seattle Kraken, the Buffalo Blue Jays, four professional teams with new names, some of them temporary. Well, we know that the Edmonton Eskimos. One of them
0: them not official.
1: That's right. We know that the Edmonton Eskimos are no longer. They're going to be looking for a new name. They're now known as the Edmonton E's. They are going to keep, I think, their logo EEs. We'll come back to that in a moment. Seattle is going to be joining the uh, the Kraken. Seattle uh, Seattle Kraken will be joining the NHL in the 2021. They named their NHL hockey team nickname this week, Kraken. I like it. I like the big capital K and the deep sea creature, and they'll have fun with that. I did see their logos. They're pretty darn cool. So good name, I think. And then in the National Football League, the Washington Redskins, as we know, are no longer. They are going to keep their burgundy and gold colors. I believe they're going to be putting the player number on the helmets this year. But if, for this year, they're going to be known as the Washington football team until they come up with a new name. Yeah. Um, and next uh, it sounds like it's going to take some time. You know, they have to change all their, their letterhead and all the other things that go with their logo. So it's interesting. All of a sudden, we have all these new teams. But uh, Jacob and I were talking about Edmonton EEs. If they want to keep their logo, what... And some of our listeners, you can think too. What what would you come up with? You know, the Eagles, the Emeralds, the Eliminators, something that starts with an E. So, so
0: we, so I have some names for you. First of all, I want to say for the Seattle Kraken, I was completely off the radar. I didn't even know that that was taking place this week. Excellent name!
1: Surprise! They just announced it like the day before.
0: Excellent name. First of all, um, what a what an incredible name! You know, the uh, the the Kraken. Like if you like, and I didn't really know what a Kraken was. I knew that it had to do with. I knew it had to do with like, you know, the ocean or something. Um, But it's incredible. You look up Kraken, it's scary. It's like a sea monster. So you look it up and uh, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, really, it's a great name. So i give it a solid like nine and a half out of 10. I don't know if they could have gone better with that name. Um, But here's some names I got for Edmonton. Here's my top five. And then I want you to pick maybe your top three or top two. So number five I got are the Edmonton Elevation. That's number five. Number four the Edmonton Elks, you know, you can find Elk in Alberta. Absolutely. Edmonton Express. Then we got the Edmonton Empire, but the name that I think that they should call are the Edmonton Elite, you know? That's a pretty okay. good name, you know, you want a strong name, you know? You want a feared name, you know, like the Seattle Kraken. Oh, the Kraken are playing the Flames, you know. Um there's other names, you know, sure. Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, kind of cute name or um I don't know, New York Islanders, like, you know, sentimental names, but um I don't know. The Edmonton Elite would be strong. I think they'll come up with something good, though. Sure, you yeah. know, there's so many brains and people and minds behind this thing.
1: Yeah, nobody will be satisfied with the choice, of course. But uh, you
0: mean not everybody? Not
1: everybody will be satisfied. Nobody there will be, be some that's just like uh, so. Some people who are, or don't like their name, Kraken, because they already heard Joe go. Oh, let's get Kraken, Seattle. <laughs> um, but you know, for Edmonton, of course, there'll be the Earthquakes and there'll be the um, Exterminators. I like your name, Elks. So I think Elk is very uh, Albertan. Uh, I like the name Extreme. I don't mind the name Eclipse. So those are some of the names I like. There's those are the, the, the you know the Eagles. Uh, but you know, because they're an nemesis of Calgary a rivalry, maybe they should just be called the El at the Edmonton Elephants. That'd be kind of funny and that would uh, be I, you know, the problem would I have, my choice. The
0: problem that I have with elephants and earthquake is that it doesn't have a lot to do with the city, however, yeah. that's a complete argument. That's the same thing could be applied with the Toronto Raptors who, you know, there's uh, people have different opinions, you know, whether the name should be related to the city at all or like, you know, because like earthquakes, you know, there's no earthquakes or the Eagles. It's like, you know, it's already in the NFL, but they will be a good name. Uh, I don't even know. Do you know when it's supposed to come out the name or is it? No, I don't.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's going to be happening this CFL season. And again, we don't know if that season is going to happen or not. So you said are the five names you like Elks the most? I like Elks. Yeah, I like Elks. Elks or the Elk,
0: the Edmonton Elk? I think the Elks. The Edmonton Elk? elk. I think it's the Elk, wow. plural. Anyway, I think that's a whole so. other discussion. Sure, Maybe we'll tell you whether Elk is plural if it requires an S or not in our next episode.
1: So just some uh, points of interest. Uh, just going back to golf just briefly, um, Aaron Crawford, another Calgary-born uh, um, participant, played in his first PGA Tour event this week. He did not make the cut. He did have a good first round. He was minus two, and he I think he was four over the second. He did not make the cut. And he, for his, for his living, is normally a caddy uh, for Martin Traynor. But um, Aaron himself qualified and, through, I think, a very difficult um, a qualification, had to win a few terms. And I think he shot 63 and allowed him to play. So, what a thrill for him. He's and he from, beat his caddy, and, too. And he ended up having a better score than his caddy. So, what a thrill for, for Aaron. He's 25 years old from Calgary. So, another Canadian to watch for in the future. I'm interested to see if he moves on with golf. As a professional, if he if he if he has that opportunity, or be six to uh, carry the bag. So just uh, another shout out to another calorie uh, um, uh, athlete. Uh, again, as mentioned earlier, Mike Seroka now uh, Aaron uh, Crawford. Now um, we do have the KBO update. We'll keep it brief. Um, the NCA Dinos number one. The NCA what? The NC Dino. Oh, I thought you said
0: the NCA. I thought I, I mean, I've heard the NCAA. Was. Yeah, no, just NCAA. <laughs> 44 and
1: They've got 44 wins, 20 losses and our Wyverns, the SK Wyverns continue to be in ninth place uh, with the 23 wins, 44 losses. Jamie Romack uh, last game went 0 for 5 in a win over the Hanwaka Eagles. And that was a 7-4 win. So now that was, uh, that wasn't brought to you by anybody today, but maybe we should be brought to you by the owner of the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. Uh, I, I'm, you know, a big shout out to him. He, uh, he said and I read this week that he said that if there are no fans watching NFL football games, if he's not allowed to have fans come watch his team in the new Allegiant Stadium, I think that's how you say it, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, he wrote he says in quotes, if no fans attend, he too will not attend. Um he thinks that all of the fans whether you're uh, you know the, the best seats in the house or the seats way up, everybody uh, deserves to be there. Um, I think all the other owners were in favor of like doing some, uh, blocking off the first eight rows around the stadium for sponsorships and signs and and the fans would sit above those eight, but he, he didn't want to do that either. He said either all the fans or no fans and he too, um, would not attend the game. I think so. that's a very, you know, courteous and, um,
0: considerate statement from, you know, somebody, especially with, you know, that kind of stature, like, you know, he owns the team. And he says he's not going to watch it and and it just shows like you know a quality like you know either nobody's going to get it or anybody that's, that's right. eligible and especially him so it's really it really says something um especially in their first year in las vegas like
1: yeah so uh, kudos to mark davis his dad who uh, uh al davis passed away a number of years ago uh, must be kind of proud i think of was that i'm not sure val would have done the same thing but It sounds like maybe I don't know this guy, Mark, but it sounds like it doesn't sound like a Raider thing to do. Um, So kudos to him. And that's uh, so that's something way to go, uh, Mark Davis. And uh, um, and so uh, so that's my comment on that. And speaking
0: of the NFL, it was I think there's going to be zero preseason games. They're going to get right into it. I think the season is pretty much approved going to be starting uh, September 10th. So so that'll it's going to be crazy to have all four sports going on, you know, right strong. But um, anyway. Yeah, That's, it's interesting. Good point.
1: Just want to say, well, we're just going to touch basically uh, very briefly on uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, the tournament continues to go on, and all three Canadians, I believe, the Vancouver Whitecaps, the Montreal Impact, and the Toronto FC, are all moving on. I believe the next round is a is a knockout round. So, uh, I, I think there's only eight teams left. We'll have to look into that, uh, but we'll continue to follow a little bit of soccer. So, for some of our soccer fans out there, we are following the MLS, and again, following the uh, the three Canadian teams. Yeah, um, it
0: is. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely really cool the way they have,
1: uh, the tournament right
0: now. Of course. Yes, they have, they are right there to the round of 16. Um, you know, for our Canadian, everybody in, uh, you know, all the Canadian supporters, all of the three Canadian teams advancing to the knockout stage, uh, and, uh, games will be taking place today. And, um, we got our, you know, some of our quarterfinals will be taking place next week. And uh, it's, it's really good format they have.
1: It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah the round of 16, then quarterfinals. So, yeah, that's good. So, they got games starting today. So, yeah, so, to watch. Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, Dad, what, uh, what do you have to say about some of these football players? you want to go to that next topic?
1: Uh, Alex Smith of the Washington football team. If you're paying attention, that is the new name of the Washington Redskins for now. Alex Smith, I read yesterday, was kind of blown away by this but has been, he has been cleared by his medical doctors to start practicing uh, with his team. It was 19, sorry, it was 2018 that he had a um, a fracture to his, both his tibia and fibula, and it was a gruesome fracture, but also the post-op complications with infection. I believe not only was his career uh, in danger, I think maybe his life at one time was in danger too, with some of the complications arising from that. The guys made a lot of money playing in this football league. It's a there's a lot of injuries. This one was right up there, and to hear two years later, the guy's actually going to be returning to Washington. For all we know, he might be the starting quarterback before this season gets over with. So a big two thumbs up to Alex Smith, uh, Jacob. I think it's amazing. You know, you think about like recovery
0: stories in sports like that. To 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 can be like he, it was considered, or his leg almost had to be removed, and then he almost died from this. So you know, he was gone for a couple years, and then to come all the way back. Um, it's it's incredible what a comeback story, especially if imagine if he like made it to the playoffs or something, or you know got to play football. Like it's, it's incredible, and it's like it's gonna be coming back those same stories. Like you know, Jay Bomeister comes back. Like he's another person that comes to mind. Jay Bowmeester suffered, I think a, I think he suffered cardiac arrest. Uh, yes, earlier this year, and um, he's not returning this year, but um, you know, we'll see if he'll be returning um next season. So it's just incredible comebacks in sports and. That's amazing.
1: Another name I want to throw out to you, I read this today, but the longtime uh, uh, Canadian Football League player, Henry Burris, played for the Calgary Stampeders for many years. And Henry Burris is going to be elected into the CFL Hall of Fame, but he is going to be coaching during the 2020 team with the Chicago Bears I read today. So, wow, that's pretty cool. Good old Henry Burris is going to be with a coach with the the CFL, and we'll see if that brings to the NFL. Sorry, 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 with the NFL, Chicago Bears. So uh, he played with uh, the CF in the NFL, I believe, for one season with Chicago. Maybe if you can find those stats. Uh, we'll go to our uh, stats guy, uh, uh, Wrigley great Rid- Lee um, no,
0: not even in the room right now.
1: Not in the room, but he's, uh, he's he's going out to fetch it for I got you. So he
0: played on the Chicago Bears for one year. I think he was also on the Green Bay practice roster. But he was most notably known for the – he won a the, the Grey Cup three times. Uh, first of all, won it with the Stampeders back in 1998. I remember when he won it in 2008, though. I remember that. And then in 2016 with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, yeah. So what a what a thrill for him gets to go to the NFL and do some work there. Um, but dad, you got another guy on your list. One uh, of the most all, unique
1: names. One right, of the most I'll, unique stories in maybe all sports. I'll let you pronounce his name, Jacob and I mean, you, you can you can talk about this. His I'm name is
0: Laurent Davarnay Tardif. I don't I hope I'm saying that right. Basically, he decided. I think last night. or from. He's from.
1: he's from Montreal. From Montreal. Quebec, Montreal went
0: to school in McGill, and I read somewhere that he. Uh, took eight years to complete his degree. And that degree was in or he was majoring in medicine. So he is the only player to be like a he's a doctor and be in the NFL at the same time. So it's amazing to be that well rounded and like so well rounded. You know, he's he's a so we and but the thing is that he opted out of his
1: contract
0: this year because of COVID-19 and I think, is he gonna be helping out during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what he's decided to do. He so said if he's gonna be in danger, he'd rather be in danger helping others than, than being on a football field. So, so many thumbs up to some of these athletes um, and and where they're going to, so so well done. Um, should I just talk a little bit, do you to, we're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, we wanna do Major League Baseball power rankings just very briefly. Sure. Or, what have you got? Uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's fine. We're going to be following a little bit of uh, power rankings. This comes from you from a uh, uh, Bleacher report. Um, I'm just going to uh, – we're just finding that now. But the I uh, think the do- – we'll, we'll
0: load it up here. I think um, the Dodgers, um, the Dodgers right now in – here, let's take a look at the MLB one. The Dodgers, of course, are sure. first. Um, they're looking so good in their first two games. I think – what do you think about the Dodgers? Do you think this is their year? Yeah. I think this could be their I year, mean, especially been- with signing Mookie Betts. To the second largest contract in Major League Baseball well, history.
1: They've been paying for a championship team now for several years. So the fact they haven't won shows you that you can't buy a team there. But
0: it might happen.
1: They're, well, it might. We'll see. Uh, their payroll is probably six times that of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they're in the power ranks. I think if you look they, at the Oakland A's as well. Oakland A's, it's Tampa amazing. Bay, every year those teams, especially Oakland for the last 20 years, uh, Moneyball is a great movie to watch. It talks about uh, Oakland how they do this with a lesser payroll. But you got the Dodgers, number one. The Yankees, number two.
0: According the, to MLB.com, uh, continue, yeah.
1: Uh, the, yeah, and you got the Astros at number three. Uh, a little bit of a surprise. The Minnesota Twins, I think. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You think the
0: Astros are surprising? Their number no, three? Minnesota number four.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure they're a number four team. I like Tampa Bay at number five. Um, and uh, we got the we got the Blue
0: Jays at number 21, and then uh, some other notable teams. Chicago Cubs there in 10th. Um, and, uh, our defending champions, the Washington nationals at eight, as well as, um, if you want to know what Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper at the, on the Phillies is 14th and Mike Trout with the angels are there at 17. So a bunch of different, uh, it's going to be interesting to see dad. Who, who do you think that do you think that we could be seeing the Dodgers Yankees in the world series? Well,
1: it's a short season. You know, we have 162 games. You have time to go on a five game losing streak and st- still perform well. Um, if the Yankees or the Dodgers go on a five or game losing streak, I mean they, they could be out of it. I mean that, I mean the good thing they have going the Major League Baseball is that ten teams instead of ten teams are now now sixteen teams making the Major League Baseball playoffs. The top two teams in each division plus the next two best teams uh, are going to be making the playoffs. They say that. So in other words, if you do the stats, fifty three percent of the thirty teams are going to be reaching the the playoffs. So then you're going to have one versus eight, two versus seven. So kind of a neat. Playoff uh, format. One thing that I want to talk about really quickly coming out today is Tom Thibodeau is going to be the coach of the New York
0: Knicks. One team that, you know, you talk about these big franchises buying championships. Well, the Knicks have not, you know, they have not been good in many years. So do you think that Thibodeau can lead guys like R.J. Barrett, uh, Julius Randle, uh, Kevin Knox, uh, Dennis Smith Jr.? You know, they're going to get another top pick come, uh,
1: they're going to get another lottery pick. Do you think that this is a good match, Dad? Uh, I don't know. i am kind of, what have you done for me lately? And Thibodeau was with Minnesota before, and he got fired there. Um, I know he won something, what, as an assistant coach? In Boston,
0: and I'm reading that now, a book about Boston. Shout out to Rob Cohen for lending me that book. And um, Thibodeau was specialized uh, at, at that time as Boston's associate coach in defense. So he has, you know, he knows what it takes to win. It just might need, what the New York Knicks might need is a change. Um, but what they do also need is, you know, I think one year they're gonna strike gold and you know, maybe I'm make the playoffs. I, I don't mind. I
1: hope the Knicks do well. RJ Barrett and um um I, I and um the um what's his name? The uh, guy that used to coach with Cleveland. I think he's an assistant coach. Um, David Black. David Black. So I, I like the Knicks. They're big time underdogs. They have been for the last thirty years. So good luck to them. I think they could have done better than Thibodeau. Anyway. Go Raptors, they won a preseason game yesterday against Houston. They'll be starting up next week, so we'll be watching out for our Raptors, our Blue Jays, and go Calgary Flames.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Have a good day.